Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. Yeah, he was at the, uh, shoot, I think you were there, too. I mean, too, at the ESPYs. The ESPYs, yep. <laughs> when, yep. There, when he was uh, dancing, y'all was dancing. Yep. To the Smurder dance. Yep. They did the Schmoney dance. And the Schmoney dance. He was killing that. Yeah, Strawberries, yeah. raspberries, all those good things. <laughs> I, I, I had the whole joint doing electric slide. I had the whole restaurant doing electric slide. <laughs> Boy, look, let me tell you something. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't play any don't, musical instruments. I can't rap. But I, think say, I know how to turn a party out, man. Don't, <laughs> Give me a, don't. Little, a little bit of drink and, and some music. I will turn the party out. Fresh, fresh. For you. There you go. For you. For you. Man, we've got a hell of a pot for you guys today on the Hoop Collective on the Run AMC show. Rich Paul, super agent Rich Paul. You may know him as the guy who reps LeBron, but it's not just LeBron James. It's John Wall. It's Eric Bledsoe. It's Ben Simmons, a real mover and shaker in the industry. And he was gracious enough to give us a lot of his time today and be pretty frank and open about a lot of different topics you guys will definitely enjoy this take a listen Oh my goodness! Man. Here, here you go. <laughs> we got, well, hey, we got, hey, we got to see how good you are first. You might not say that. Wait, uh, hold on, Mark. First, they got to send me a check for this. <laughs> I want to get paid for this first. Hey. That's real tough. Hey, we're doing I can this. Use it. I can use. I can use it, you man. I'm trying to do my Christmas shop. Uh, Shoot, I think you do it okay. You don't even look at the prices. You just, you just give your. your you just give me that's a card, a damn man. Lie. Hold on, hold got, on. That's that's a damn lie. Hold on. All right. I'm he got he this. got a black metal card, don't you? Hey, yeah, it's metal. <laughs> that's my thought. Hey, here's 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 a story. Hold on. I was with him. I want to say it was the summer. We was in um, I, I believe it was Beverly Hills, and we was on Ro- Rodale Drive, and I've never been there before. Never been in that area. So I'm we not surprised talking. you haven't been there. Nah, nah, well, that, there's a reason. <laughs> and so we go into the store. He's picking up his jacket. And I'm like, I'm looking at these clothes. The clothes look all right to me. You know what I mean? Nothing really stands out. There's no, like, fancy dressings on the jackets or pants. Nothing. So I go over and look at the price tag, like $4,000, $3,000, and, like, a plain jacket. And he picks up one of these jackets, walks out. I'm like, dude, like, he didn't look at the price. I'm like, the, I said, why Why are these so special? Like, what what, what stands out? And he's you know, trying to explain to me how it's customized, where it comes from. I'm like, 
the yeah, stitching. The stitching. They go. They all got the stitching. I'm like, man, it ain't no Marshalls or anything on this block. Like that's more my speed. Like I could go to Marshalls, Ross, and get the same design. It looks exactly the same, but it's gonna cost me fifteen, twenty dollars. That that's how I'm rolling right there. No, no. Here's my thing. That's not totally true, Chris. Oh, okay. What I explained to you was first of all, it was the, the piece that I that I purchased was on sale. First of all. Second of all, I tried to explain to Chris guys that you, you know, when you're shopping, there's different things that you actually spend money on. I'm a man that likes jackets, you know, you, and, and it's a quality piece. So if you buy quality, it's going to last you longer. You can wear, you know, and I said, you know, I go from, you can go from that piece to, you know, you pick and choose your spots where you spend the money on. So in most cases, jacket is equivalent to a woman's purse or her shoes. That's where they're going to spend the money at. You know, I, but I may have on a $10 T-shirt up under that. So, you know, there's a balance. But I'm trying to explain this to somebody. And then I'm looking at Chris and I'm saying, what am I even trying to explain this to somebody? So, Rich, uh, I wanted to ask you, man, how did – how did you meet LeBron, and how did the Four Horsemen start? Well, I think you all, everybody knows how I met LeBron. That was, you know, we we met in the airport. But as as far as the uh, Horsemen started, I mean, actually, that was um, a nickname given to us by Maverick's dad, my uncle Odie. He was he was in an apartment one day took a picture and, and he, you know, came up with, well, he was in the room when he came up with that and, and might have been here and LeBron, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, some combination of that. But yeah, that's how it started. Just, you know, just a more of a family thing at that point. Did, did you guys like sit down and have like, I, I, I listened to the magic and uh, Isaiah uh, interview the other day, and they said they they sat down and dreamed about things that they wanted to do and businesses buying this, buying that. Did you guys have those early conversations where you dreamed about the like uh, what you planned to create, the empire you wanted to have, and did, did you have a vision before yeah. all this stuff took place? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, no, we've uh, we've had conversations as four, as two, as three, you know, um, um, uh, when you dream about things, you know, you want to, you want to envision them. And there's been, there's, there were several late night conversations about a number of things. I think the biggest thing for myself, um, and for the other guys involved, not being LeBron, was just that we, we we never wanted to be totally dependent of LeBron at that time, and um, you know we knew from seeing the the past history and how it worked around the league that you know you you had to learn as much as you possibly could, and the importance of making relationships and the understanding of title versus actually doing the work and being capable of doing the work because you know again. Because we work, and I'm speaking for myself, because I work 
in a business of basketball, well, basketball is a recreational sport in most cases. But in the NBA, it's a multi-billion dollar business. And so, you know, you can't look at it out of one lens and say, well, it's basketball, anybody can do it. You should be able to do X, Y, Z. No, it's a real business. So you have to be willing and capable of doing it. And, you know, you have to go through through the proper channels and, and you know, earn your stripes getting there and really learning a lot because there's so many layers. When you, when you peel back the business of basketball, there's so many layers that the naked eye can't see. So, you know, um, there, was, there was a ton of uh, dialogue about where guys wanted to be and, and doing things. But also, you know, you have to be able to adapt to the transition. I mean, if you, if you look at where I started and where we started, you know, and you look at where guys are at today, there's total separation, but there's a togetherness at the same time. But there was transition as well. There's a ton of transition. And, you know, I won't give everything in the backstory because I'm going to need something for my own, my own, uh, <laughs> you know, whether I do a book or a movie or one and the same or whatever. But there's, there's the transitioning is the part that I think people don't really get. You know, people don't understand that I, I, mean, I worked in the shoe business for three and a half, four years at the, you know, learning the business from behind the walls and, and what that entailed. You get no better access or no better education than that, you know. Um, so, again, to answer the question, Mark, yeah, it was, it was a ton of dialogue. The envisioning was always there. We knew the work had to be done because, look, at the end of the day, the last thing, I always used to say this, the last thing I'm going to be is back in Granny's basement with basic cable depending on someone else. <laughs> that, that will never be me. Won't you got happen. premium channels now. <laughs> now I got too many channels with nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's crazy, Rich, because as you said, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, but it's also an industry built on people doing things the same way it's always been done. And they're very resistant to change and doing things in a different way or thinking outside the box. And when I, when I think about what uh, you guys have accomplished, but you specifically, really, you really blazing a trail that did not exist before. With that, when you are out basically changing the way people do business, there's a lot of resistance. And the resistance comes in the form of rival agents. It comes in the form of uh, organizations, NBA teams, not really liking it. And and in, in many cases, it might even come from media people because they're in bed with some of these other entities. They're vested in belittling what you're doing or um, basically dismissing it, making it seem like it's all a mistake. So my question for you is, how frustrating was that early on? Because I know now, now you, you you're you're a big player, so it's like ah, let them talk. But at when it was starting, how frustrating was that for you, and how did you get through those times? Well, Mark, 
you've been knowing me for a long time. No, that was that a was meme. a mark. That was a meme. Come on, Rich. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> a meme. I'm sorry, a meme. I mean, you know, we're on the podcast. So, I mean, by the way, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, let me rephrase that. Mark has probably been knowing me the longest. Chris and I developed a great relationship. I mean, we didn't know each other, but when we met, I kind of got the sense that he was like, you know what? Because you know, you know, honestly, you know, he was a mean was a little harsh here and there with certain things. But I know you try you're doing your job. Absolutely. It's part of it, but. But I think when we didn't meet each other, he probably walked away saying, you know what? That guy, he's not the guy that people describe him to be to me. You know, maybe, maybe not. But to answer your question, I was never frustrated about anything. And, and, and Mark knows me. Chris really got to know me, spent a lot of time in Cleveland. But I was never frustrated because you got to understand something. I come from a place in which... There's a game play with no refs. There's technical fouls, but no free throws being shot. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't get the ball back. What you get is you get a eulogy. You know, mm-hmm. you get flowers, but you can no longer smell them. So for mm-hmm. me, the media play and what people always thought and the naysayers never bothered me one bit. I've always stated, they talked about the creator of mankind. Who am I? Who am I to think that I've right. done anything in a long time, in a short time, to, to be someone that people won't be able to critique? That was always fine. I understood the challenges and, 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 and why people were afraid of change. But more importantly, I understood why people were afraid of education and, and that it was a mindset of the athlete that allowed people to act in such a way. It was also the incapabilities of those around the athlete and the not wanting to be in position of those around the athlete, but more so wanting a short-term success. So when I decided to take a leap out, and, and and take that step forward and start my own business, it wasn't a monetary decision. At the end of the day, we, we, we're not taking none of it with us anyway. And I've always been a man of principle and a man of respect. That's how I was raised. So for me, being able to help these young athletes and pro- help them provide structure, work with families, I love the game. I love the game of basketball. There's never a day go by I don't watch basketball. I love the game of basketball and, and, and discuss it the next day. And I was up to three in the morning last night, you know, talking to, to, to guys who was who games ended on the West Coast and may have been traveling to a different city and we 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 talking about, you know, what happened in the game. So to I was never frustrated by it. I get it, I mean, I I, I understand it. Yeah. Um but, the, like the, but like the, the, to me, the, it's it's one thing to critique what someone does, right? Like say, oh, you shouldn't have passed it, you should have shot it there, or whatever. Like uh-huh. it, you might like the critique may be right, may be wrong, but that kind of goes with the territory. The thing that 
I sense when it comes to you guys specifically more so than a lot of other people is that there are people who have literally an agenda, an agenda to make sure that whatever you do, it's not it's not ever looked at as positive. And it's not because of what you're doing. It's because what you represent, you represent something that the, the, the industry hasn't had before and really doesn't want to allow for. Right. And I, and you know what? And to your point, that's, that's, that's fact. There's no, there's no doubt about that, but there's also a side where you have to ask yourself, why don't they want to allow it? Why is there an agenda? And a lot of times it's because, again, they're not able to see forward and really far ahead. You know, culture today is totally different. No one's, you know, it takes a special kind of person to understand where we are in today's culture. You get what I'm saying? So the masses is not going to understand that. But what is, and if it's a situation in which it's going to necessarily hurt them or hurt their business in, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, just the perception of the athlete that I can do business with somebody that looks like me, thinks like me, dressed like me, listens to the same music as I do, but still entrusting them to do business at a high level and execute and come through, that's never been done. So you necessarily can't, I don't point the finger at anybody. All I'm saying is, I've always said it, you're only going to be able to represent guys that allow you to represent them. And if you really look at it, they're like-minded people in ways. At some, in some area, you're going to have a point of interest that, that allows you to have a connection with that person and grow from that. that that's just that's the, the seed is planted. Wherever that connection is, that's where you plant the seed and that bond grows. That's just, that's just it. I understand. I can't represent every player, you know, but it was different for some people when they were in a position I'm in and they had the best athlete in the world. They had a line down the street of guys without ever having to really present or do anything. It was just, Hey, this is who you should. And that's fine. I'm, look, I'm a big boy. I'm a man at the end of the day. I'm raising, you know, I have, I have sons that's, that's going to grow to be men. And I've learned from my dad that you take the bitter with the sweet. It is what it is. All I can do is push forward and do what I do, do the best job I can do for my guys, whether that be one or 15 or 25. And if I can change one person's life, their perspective on life, their perception on the business, educate them, help them create a family structure, and at the end of the day, be healthy and be wealthy, not only in the bank, but more importantly, in the mind, then I've done what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I've done what I'm supposed to do, and eventually, step by step, things will change. But I get it. I get, and you know what? And I find if someone has an agenda and they want to do something from a negative perspective and they want to stop your growth or try to stop your growth, that's the ultimate respect for me. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's how I look at it. I, I see it all the time. And they say, you know, talking about the Nerlens Noel situation. 
It's like, oh, this is, people don't know. People don't know. I mean, I, listen, say whatever you want to say at the end of the day. I'm about the kid. Let's help this guy become a man, become a great young man, and understand what it takes to be successful both on and off the floor. And if we can get that done, he's 23 at 25, and he plays 337, that's a 12-year runway for this kid to be in a great position. He's going to make money. He's going to enjoy playing the game. And, you know, if you can have one guy like you, you know, guys wish they can have one another in Noel, let alone, you know, 12 or 15 guys. So I'm blessed in that situation. You can't, you can't run a business worried about what somebody else thinks. You just can't do it. I won't do it. And Rich, since you, you you brought that up, that has been like there's been a couple of your clients who kind of made um, noise over the, over the off season. Most people would consider it to be negative noise. Um, Neurolins in, in particular. Then then I want to ask you how and what went down from Eric Bledsoe's side because it seemed like we're hearing from everybody else except um, except you uh, when it comes to Neurolins. And you know there was a report that he turned down at least seventy million. And then ended up with the qualifying offer, and he's not playing well. Then, then you have people saying, "Well, this is this is something that Rich Paul did." And can, can you explain or elaborate on what happened um, during that off season and what got to this point? Well, you know, Chris, I think you know me well enough by now. I don't really autopsy a negotiation one way or the other, but mm-hmm. I will say this: when I met with New Orleans, we were we hey, 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 hey. Can I say something real quick? Sure. I, I love you. I love your use of the word autopsy, but go autopsy. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. When I met with New Orleans, we met, you know, after he decided to 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 fire his 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 uh uh past representation and and you know, my conversation was plain and simple. You know, it was now that you moved on from your past situation and respected those guys that, you know, they may have done a great job one way or the other, but that was for them. This is something, this is a totally new relationship, and and I do things the way I do them. Um, and so my thing was, hey, this is what we want to do, and he agreed, you know. I, I, it's, 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 nothing, it's, it's really nothing to talk about because I feel like, you know, it's it's bigger than chasing the big contract today. Are you ready for that? Where are you at mentally? You know how what areas you think you can grow in and get better? Let's work on that. Let's work on Nels Noel, the man, and 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 that'll help you become the best basketball player you can you can ever be. Let's work on diet. Let's work on work ethic. Let's work on understanding the game. Let's work on simple things like you know, setting the proper screen and rolling. Which way do you open up? Do you know why you open up that way? If somebody rotates over, where's the next man open? You know, recognizing those things, understanding how to play the game. Let's work on that. We need that. We need time to do that. Then once we do that, and you want to peak 
while in position. You don't want to be in position and then, you know, it's like, well, I'm not really the, that player, you know? And again, and I come from a different perspective. So in most cases, a guy in my position is not going to have that mindset. Well, I do. And it's fine. And as long as the player is lockstep, we're gonna, he's going to come out on top and he's going to have a very successful career, whether that's seven years, eight years, 10 years, five years, and he's going to make money. You're going to make money, you know what I'm saying? But you can't, you can't skip steps in the process. That's never been something I like to do. That's never been something I advise guys to do. And I won't do it. I just won't do it. As it pertains to Eric, you know, as an agent, again, our job is to be able to tell the future. As an organization, their job is to do what's best for their organization. So it's like, you know, you marry for so long, but then you have one or two bad days. That, that's how it goes. But at the end of the day, you try to do things with professionalism and integrity. But at the same time, I, in the seat I sit in, I always have to do what's right for my player. And I felt like, you know, Eric needed a change. Um, and, you know, obviously, as we know, all teams, they're going to do what's best for the organization. And I get that. And, you know, I have zero to say that would be in a negative light about that. I wish wish the, them guys the best of luck. And, and look, who knows? Things come back around. There's summers and, of, of free agency and things like that. And so, you know, if it don't work on this player, maybe maybe it works on the next. Like, I'm not – I don't – it's business. I don't take any of this stuff personal. And but even Rich, when but, things are personal to me. But, but Rich, so you're right. Teams have their plan and players in the representation have their plans. And sometimes those plans don't align. And that, that's the business. But I, I, that, I feel like the Bledsoe situation was different. Because it wasn't just a, a divergence of plans. It was the idea that they're going to say disparaging things, not only about Bled, but indirectly about you. When they say, oh, he's got people in this corner filling his head with, with things. Uh, I mean, to me, that, that's, you know, it goes back to my, my whole thing. When you kind of follow the paper trail of what's being said and then, who are the people reporting those stories and really pushing those stories? The idea that, oh man, like Bledsoe's got bad advice and all that—that's that goes beyond just uh, I have a plan for my for my player and you guys have a plan for your team, right? No, listen, I, I totally understand what you're saying, man. I get it, and at the end of the day, only thing I can focus on is what Eric did, and I knew what Eric thought going in. You know, there's no way. You can ever win an Oscar as an actor if you were only evaluated from the opening scene. You gotta let the movie play out. You know, we gotta watch the movie. And so, as it pertains to Eric, you know, hey, he's happy. He, he's now a Milwaukee Buck. They're, I think they're like thirteen and seven since he's since he's gotten there, or fourteen and seven. He's playing well, and 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 that. And that's all that matters to me. To be clear, I want I, I, I have I have to ask this: When you got Nerlens, was that was that reported deal on the table then? When when you signed when you signed him, can you go into that? I never looked 
in the past. I don't know what was true or, or, or what was false. I, I had no, no recollection or anything or no dialogue based upon what was ever reported from, from, from other resources. My only focus was to do what we did and that's take the qualifying off. Ain't no autopsies, Chris. <laughs> they cremated. They cremated. They were no autopsies. <laughs> Now, uh, Rich, Rich, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the elephant in the room, all right? Because I know you get asked about this behind the scenes all the time. What can you tell us about free agency with LeBron James? And uh, do do you guys even have a game plan as far as how you go about it this time around? No. You know, I think you guys know us well enough. Um, I know my role, what my role is, 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 you know, what my job is to do. As the agent, um, LeBron has a has a job to do right now, and that's that's focused on trying to win another championship. He's playing at an unbelievable level right now. Um, obviously, you know, as the season ends and however it ends, you know, at such time, we'll get together and 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 we'll go over things with a fine tooth comb, and 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 all options will be evaluated. But right now. You know, no, we're, we're far away from that. Um, and, you know, LeBron's a pretty smart guy. Uh, he's an ultimate professional. So, you know, at, at, at the right time, whenever that time is, you know, we'll decide what's going to be what, you know. It could be a two-minute conversation, and it could be a three-day conversation. I don't, I don't really know right now. Rich, you bought, you bought a home in L.A.? Mav has a home in L.A. LeBron got two homes in L.A. Well, what what does all that mean? I think that equals I think that equals four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that Fresno math. <laughs> but we ain't even count Randy's homes. Randy probably got a home too. <laughs> but that that equals five or five point five. What 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 does all that mean, man? You know, you got the Lakers. You got you know. You got the links to you know LeBron and and Lonzo and you know you got you got you already got KCP there with LA. I know they like here. What, yeah. What's what's what, what's all what's all this meaning, man? What's going on? It just means you know we wanted to live in LA at some point or own property in LA, which is fine. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, everyone has their speculation, man. I don't even get to spend enough time in my house in LA, so. That's a whole other story. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. But, you know, guys were blessed and fortunate enough to to be able to, to have a home in another state and and um, enjoy it when you can. For me, I enjoy in, in, the, in the summertime. I like to be around my um, my clients as much as possible. And a lot of guys train there uh, in the summertime, which is great. You know, I really enjoy that. And um, that's pretty much it, you know. Because you look, you guys look. I, I know this is all hypothetical, but you guys seen what the backlash was like when you guys left for Cleveland to go to Miami. LeBron comes back, gets Cleveland a championship in you know dramatic fashion. Uh, nobody's ever come back from a three-one deficit. Uh, could could LeBron, with what he's already done in providing a championship to Cleveland, can he afford to leave? Like. Could you see the backlash being similar if something like that were to happen, being that, you know, after what, what he's done, given the organization the last four years? Chris, you 
talking about LeBron James, man. There's, there's nothing to talk about after that. It's LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, he's in his 15th season. The way he's playing, I think he's earned the right to do what LeBron James decided to do at first time he decided to do it. Just as simple as that. The media can, can talk about whatever you want to talk about or whoever else, you know. But there's nothing to there's nothing to talk about there. He's LeBron James. That's it. Rich, what do you think about um, what uh, LeVar Ball is, is creating and saying and, and uh, your, your take on that? But also as a follow to that, have you guys ever, because I, I do think even with all the craziness that Le, LeVar is saying that the fact that they started their own shoe thing is interesting, but have you guys ever thought about starting your own shoe brand with LeBron? I know Jordan has his, but it's still through Nike. But I, I do think that LeBron's star is so high that if he wanted to start his own shoe company, he probably could do it. Well, first of all, LeVar, you know, I, I respect LeVar as a man, as a father, and I hope, you know, when my sons get older, I'm, I'm as passionate about them as, as he is about his. Um, as it pertains to Nike, no. Love Nike. Nike's a great brand. Um, LeBron has a, a great partnership with Nike. He's built an unbelievable business, and and you know, um, I, I think you know LeBron and 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 what he's been able to do. The partnership of Nike has been transcending in a lot of ways, and uh, look forward to that that relationship, you know, forever. So, are you, no. but are you guys thinking about maybe doing a something similar to Jordan Brand when his days are over with that could have a a legacy in that company for a long time? Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think LeBron will have a, a a business that that survives his career, you know, for for sure. You know, um, that's what you work hard for. That's what you do the things, you know. And that's a, that's a good question, Mark, because we can segue into something like you know. When you have a signature shoe business, people don't really understand. It's not just about having your own shoe. It's about having the opportunity to actually build a business. And, you know, we, you know, I think a lot of times our kids are, are always on marketing. But in reality, there's very little marketing out there for, for the athlete. But when you have an opportunity to build a business and, Someone such as Nike or whether it's Adidas or Under Armour or, or any of the shoe brands give you a platform to do so, you know, the best way to do as such is to perform. So the best investment you can make is in your game. If you use LeBron for an example, he's done that. You know, he came in, he was young, he got his own shoe. Pe- people didn't think he was deserving of it because uh, he never played a game. And, you know, not over, not 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 only was he hyped, but he he exceeded the hype, and he's built an unbelievable business over time. What people don't really realize is LeBron has five shoes. You know, you see him wear different shoes all the time. You're like, damn, well, what's that? He has five shoes with probably 
an average of 22 different colorways. So if you add that up, it's like 100 and 100 plus pair of shoes that comes out in the marketplace that sells at a certain price point. Everything matters in that regard. You know, there's messaging, there's communication, what you want your story to be about, but none of that can take place if he don't perform well on the floor. You never see the 12th man on the bench have anything, signature shoe, a platform, nothing. So I think that, you know, I think for, for the athlete, understanding what can actually take place, and then if you have the opportunity to, to, to be given that platform, you know, you have to take advantage of it. And there's only one way to do it, and that's to perform. We work a performance-based business. You're, you're, you're compensated based on performance, period. That's just how it goes. And nothing else is going to drive it. Zero. I don't care what anybody tells you. The, the vehicle, the engine that, that, that drives the vehicle is your performance on the floor. I want to ask you something that you mentioned earlier about your philosophy as far as representing players and, and what your vision is. Um, and you say the people that you guys can work with share that philosophy. I'm going to share that vision. Have you ever had players that, you know, you sit down, you talk to them. Obviously, the agency business is, is one of also acquisition, new, new clients. I've had guys you sit down with and say, you know, I respect the talent. I think you're going to make a lot of money in this league. But where your mindset is is not with our mindset. And so we're just going to have to say respectfully, not, not now. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and again, everyone's philosophy is some guys take any and every any and every player, but I understand that every player is not going to be a, a, a clutch player, you know, and and I get that because you know the willingness to work, the willingness to listen, the the love for the game, um, the, the IQ, you know, understanding and, and wanting to have structure. Everyone's not going to going to have that, but those are some essentials to be successful. And so, yeah, you know, it happens all the time. There's, there's actually been cases where I've been friends with guys for many years, and they say, well, you know, we should sit down and talk, and we agree to disagree. And I say to them, look, my friendship, our friendship is worth more than any, any, any monetary mm. uh, gain I can have, you know, with you. So, you know, I'd rather just keep our friendship and – and you, you work with someone else. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Rich, I, I know you, you consider yourself a, a music philosopher somewhat. What, what, what did you, what no did you doubt think? about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can argue back and forth about that. But anyways, what, what, do you, what did you think about the uh, Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre documentary, um, The Defiant Ones? Incredible. Incredible. I mean, I know, I know, you're, I know you're tight with, I know you're tight with Iovine and um, Jay-Z. Those guys. Yeah, I'm tight with a lot of guys in the music business. Puff, Drake, Jay, Jeezy, Jimmy. I mean, everybody, you know. Um, you know, I, I think the Defiant Ones, every time I watch it, by the way, I probably watch it once a week because you learn so much. And just being around Jimmy, you learn so much. Again, I think it, it gives you chills, man, when you, if you're really paying attention to it. And you're really um, looking at the details and, and, and listening and just seeing, you know, how Jimmy 
went from one place to the next and how Dre went from one place to the next and growing up and listening to music, West Coast, East Coast music. I remember when the DOC came out and he dropped mm -hmm. around the same time, I want to say the Jordans dropped. I was in like the third grade or something. <laughs> and I remember, oh. I remember going to school listening to the formula yeah. and, and funky enough. And it, you know what I'm saying? And so that just brought back so many memories in one case, but then also being there, you know, being around Jimmy a lot, because I, I don't know if you guys remember, but Jimmy actually produced the more than game soundtrack. And I was able to work on that with, with Polo to Don and just being in the studio and, and obviously being around Interscope and being around Jimmy and being around Jimmy as he was growing beats and when beats was just a, a, a baby, you know, mm -hmm. and, and seeing where that went to, you know, that's a blessing, man. And, 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 you know, music is something that I, that I'm passionate about and I love. I got a lot of friends in the music business, you know, not to name drop them all, but I, I'm pretty sure you guys see me interacting with a lot of them. And I, I talk to a lot of them. J. Cole or whether it's Khaled or Shout out on a daily on a, on a daily on you know, a daily or weekly basis we catch up. Quavo and I are really close, you know, and you know, we book a relationship. So that's always been a thing I like to do. And um yeah, man, you know, I, I think I think what the culture is today, I and mean, look, I got a fifteen year old daughter, you know, so she keeps me the things I don't know about music and she's 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 like she likes all genres of music. I took her to the Scissor uh, concert the other day because I'm, you know, close with Top Top Dog, and he he he, he um, you know, a good friend of mine as well. And Scissor put on an unbelievable performance. But I remember my daughter had knew about her so long ago, and I'm just catching up, and that was great, you know. So again, the the music of today is, I mean, these kids are so talented, and now. They can express themselves without having to be tied to anyone because the internet allows you to, to have that platform again and really build a business, you know, McMill, you know, different guys. So again, um, that's, that's some people don't know how, how passionate I am about music, but I, I really, I really enjoy it. I had to hit Chris on to some old school when he was riding with me one day, I had to put him on. He didn't know much about LeVert or, you know, the OJs. No, hold on. First of all, he was oh, yeah, oh, Chris. Hey, he, he didn't know. Listen, he I didn't, didn't know. know about Bobby. Bobby. He's from Fresno, he man. Chris, hold on. Yeah, he didn't, know, he didn't know about Bobby Womack and the Spinners. Damn he didn't know that stuff, man. He didn't made, know those songs. I was made off of some of those songs, man. We talking about man? <laughs> that don't that don't mean you knew him. I'm, I'm giving him my playlist. You know, Levert, Four Seasons, Baby, Hold On to Me. Just different little. You know what I'm saying? He he just didn't understand it, but but I had to I had to put him up on on, on some different things, man. Damn lot. But it's all good, Chris. <laughs> Fake news, alternative facts. <laughs> yeah, yo, Rich. So so you named a lot of a lot of people there. If you had to go back in time to like 15 year old Rich, what's the craziest name that you would tell him? Yo, man, I'm we're gonna be friends with this dude one day. You know what? Puff was a big influence on me, man. Puff was a big influence on me because I never really wanted to be the actual. I, I always liked to be the executive guy, and I think Puff was 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 
was genius in a lot of things he did, you know, like even when he did the, the marketing campaign for Biggie and Craig Mack, he met everybody after the club and, and gave them Big Macs, you know, but it was in the, in the, in the Biggie type of, that's, that's incredible. You know, I've had a pleasure of building a great relationship with, with Steve Stout, who was so influential in, in the music business, you know, guys like, um, you know, producing for Nas and, and, and working with the track masters, these guys who had every hit on the, on the radio. And, um, I was just with Steve a couple of weeks ago and I didn't notice. And he was like, yeah, you know, he, he did the, the theme song for Martin. I'm like, what? You know, yeah. so you, again, you, for, <laughs> yeah. you know, you forget about these things. Well, I never knew that, but just, you know, when I was, when I was young, I was just a sponge, man. I was, I was reading the raw report at like 12, me and my friends and, and, you know, learning about diamonds to cut color clarity and the carrot. Mm-hmm. And, I ain't never um, heard about the raw report till like 25 <laughs> until yeah, I heard somebody and, that. And, carry, and carrying the loop around, understanding what, what a loop was to be able to look at diamonds and see its imperfection, understanding VVS versus BS and SI1 and 2 and certified stones and just everything from clothes. You know, I was wearing my clothes at sometimes tight you know, what we wear now in 96, I had a friend who was, his name was Dre, and he, he was dressing like that back then, and we just look at him crazy. Donna Cannon made these Air Maxes that, that resembled the Air Max 95 back in the day, and I was just always a fan of fashion and, 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 and just wanted to be a sponge. And because we lived in Cleveland, there was no social media. You know, if I lived in L.A. or New York, I got access. I could just walk down, go on Rodeo or catch the bus or you know, catch a train to Fifth Avenue and get all the inspiration you needed. But, you know, when, when Biggie said it, you know, I'm riding the side and crack crab or lobster, you know, like, it's like he's teaching you, you know, you know, try to push 700s. They ain't made them yet. He just was saying, so what? Coogee down to the socks. Like people didn't understand that, but he was really giving you so, teaching you so much. And even a guy like Jay, who obviously you all know my relationship there, it's a brother of mine. He was, he was, you know, explaining to you, if ain't no platinum in your Cartier, switch your frames. You know, if ain't no manicures on board, just switch your planes. Switch your planes. Oh. Those ain't, you know, those ain't Rolex diamonds. With the, and so people don't oh, understand you that. that. <laughs> when, yeah, when he discussed that, what he was teaching you was, you know, not to buy, not to purchase things and then make it aftermarket because if you do so, it, it takes away the quality of that piece. Well, right. today it's done in abundance, but that's fine. It's the culture and it's to each his own. You know, we all have our own opinions, but, but I understand it for the entertainment, but it's one thing to, to, to know right from wrong and still decide to do wrong, which is fine. You can do whatever you want to do, but it's one thing not to know. And so just being blessed to, 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 be able to digest that and apply it as needed, you know, there was so many Jews being dropped. And so I was just always, I always had a close ear, you know, my brother always listened to music and, and, and different things, but I was always the fashion guy. So when I got into the, to the Jersey business, it was a natural thing for me because I always wanted to have one leg up. So it was, it was good.
do you think about you know, I know and this is your boy so Diddy um, and, and first man I, I love you know uh, drink drink responsibly I, I, I love vodka but I'm not I don't know about French vanilla but that's a different subject um, <laughs> and I'd love to get I just want to be in that commercial if he needs an extra let a brother know I just want to be in one of those commercials because they, they look like they have a great time but that's not my question my question is what do you think about Diddy being interested in the Panthers and could the four horsemen LeBron and the, and, and, and the rest of y'all be interested in being a part of ownership of that NFL franchise as well uh, we never discussed that uh, as it pertains to Diddy I mean Diddy's one of the best to ever do I, I, I got no doubt that he can do whatever he decides he wants to do given he, he, he they give him the opportunity to do it you know so um if he said it, he meant it. You know, I, I do know that he's serious about it, and and I, I totally believe he can he can do whatever it is he decided to do. So that would be a great sight to see if he was able to accomplish that. Would you guys ever though be interested in NBA or NFL ownership? I, I know LeBron definitely wants to own a team at some point, and um, and you're talking about NBA. Yeah, NBA. Um, as it pertains to me, you know, right now. My focus is, is, is being an agent. I, I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but, it, you know, depending on how quick it happened for him, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have to be on the other side and, and negotiate against him or negotiate with Might him. Might be a general manager. Nah, I ain't going that way yet. I'm, I'm, I'm young, man. I got, I, I'm young, man. I, you know, I love the guys I work with, you know, that I, you know, I got some young guys, Trey, DeJounte, Ben, you know, um, Nerlens, uh, you know, Ben McLemore's young, you know, Terrence I mean, Burks. like Ron is retiring tomorrow or buying a team tomorrow. I might be no, 10, 15. It's about, it's about 15, 20 years from now. You know, I, my dad used to always tell me, son, just keep on living, man. So, I, you know, I know he does want to own a team at some point. I do know that. But for me, uh, you know, I own my team already. Plus sports group, baby. Why, why, um, why do you think, why does he want to own a team? Uh, you know, Brian's a businessman, man, you know. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. I really do. I think that if, if that was to ever happen, you know, I think it'd be great. I think he'll be, he'll be hard-nosed. <laughs> He's already, you know, he already joke about being cheap. I think it'd be great. Hopefully, hopefully he he um, he owns the team, and you know he'll be he'll be passionate about it. You know he he's he's a, he's a as, you know his basketball IQ as we all know is off the chain. The one thing I know he will be great in is knowing what he don't know and allowing people to 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 do their jobs. And so I, I think he'll be a fun guy to work work with. And it worked for. I do. I do believe that. And, and um, you know, he got a lot of close friends in the music business. So the, the halftime shows would be great. I got a question, man. When, when you go back, you know, from St. Clair, Cleveland, the East Side, right? East Side of part of town, right? When you go east up, when you Clair, yes. east side of St. Clair, when you go back to the hood, no, the man. east side of Cleveland, but St. Clair, yes. yeah, yeah, same thing, same thing, man. <laughs> 
Yo, well, you ain't go- that big, so we we, <laughs> we we ain't got no east side. He conf- yeah, he confused yeah, about these directions. <laughs> no, because no, because we have an East Cleveland too. Which I went to school in East Cleveland, but the, you know, everybody always get it confused. So if you say East Cleveland versus the East Side of Cleveland, East Cleveland is its own city. So people always gotcha. get it confused. That's why you know. So when you go, well, go, when you go back, so when you go back to the hood and, and go, you know, talk to some of your partners. And you, you may be wearing on this day, maybe a sunny day, and you, you chose to wear some sandals. And then you got your nails showing. My, my question is, when you go back and they see you freshly, freshly done medicu- uh, pedicure, freshly done manicure, what, what are they saying to you, man? They, they saying you, you went soft? What, 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 what's the dialogue? Man? No, man. Are you, are you crazy, man? No, man. First of all, yeah. I've you been getting manicures that. and pedicures since I was 15. Man, come on, man. You want to get no pedicure on 15? Are you crazy, man? Every man should be well-groomed, man. My dad taught me that years ago. Anyway, anyway, no. You know, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, I try to, you know, there's a difference between going back, giving back, whatever. Everybody has their own. I go, you know, in Cleveland, there's not much getaway. Um, and I think it's important for I always like to go back because I think it's important for kids to understand that, that, that there's more options than just than, than just being an athlete, you know. Um, and in doing that, you know, I was a guy who didn't have it all, didn't have much, you know, persevered through things, and I think that's a big influence for a lot of the youth, even the guys that's been successful right now. People don't know my area, Glenville area, Cleveland has one of the best football programs. Yeah, that's true. In the history of America, I would I would probably say, and you know, it's pros coming. They're going down to Ohio State and different colleges, and 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 then they're turning pro left and right. Um, even helping some of those guys is important to me. Um, you know, obviously the, the crime rate and 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 things are are high everywhere in America right now. So it's important to have some some positivity. And as it pertains to me or dressing a certain way or whatever, everything's changed now. So no, I mean, before, you know, we laugh and joke with the friends. I'm, I'm the same guy, man. When I, if I go through the hood and, and, and get out and talk to people, I'm the same guy. Very approachable. Nothing changed. You know, uh, I see people all the time. It was good to see people. At the, I went to the Garfield Heights, Shaker Heights game last night. It was good to see, you know, some old faces um, and, and talk to guys. So, no, you know, I, I don't have any, any issues, you know, but you got to be smart about things because at the end of the day, it's a jungle and you go from being a uh, predator to prey, you know. So for, for me, I just, I go to work, I go home, you know, I spend time with, with, with the family you know, as, as it permits, and I'm watching basketball most of the time, and, and then, you know, when you are able to, to, to ride through and, and catch people, whether it's at the barbershop or my dad used to own a store on a corner, so I would stop up there, and when I do stuff like that, I did the NBA TV thing, I, I did it there, and, you know, people come up and talk. So, it, you know, I, I enjoy those times because you don't really get much time at home. As you know, we all know everyone on this call is traveling and, Everything is engulfed around the business, and, and you guys got to do follow-ups, and you know, you're trying to break the next story. And for us, it's you know you you watching games, you you talk.
talking to families, you're talking to players, you're talking to doctors, you're talking to, you know, so, but it's a business and I love it. So, no, but I don't have no, I don't, I don't, I don't have no, um, no funny business or anything. No, people don't try to ridicule or anything like that. It's, it's hey, hey, Chris, 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 hey, Chris, you know what he said? He said, put him you on game, I heard, Rich, you don't know. He said, if it, Street said you can't go back home. You know when I heard that? When I was back home. Was back he home. Just said home. Right ain't, no, ain't no question about it. Ain't no, he know, but by the way, Chris knows that, man. He knows that. I miss mess with him, man. Yeah, I'm, no, always he do. Every, every time I call him, he's always to me, I'm getting his manicure, man. I'm like, what, man? Come on, man. I ain't never had no no manicure, man. No, that's, a big, that's a big thing, man. You can't be... You can't wear nice sweaters and then you got chipped nails in the sweater. That's a snag sweater. That ain't that ain't right, man. So you so you be wearing them nylon that nylon mixed with the uh with the long john. He got a nylon sweater mixed with long john. <laughs> that yeah, nylon long john blend. <laughs> you a fool. Oh, man. That's my yo, hey, but, yo, what is yo? Do you have a favorite Jay Z track? Like the one that just stands out for you? Yeah, that, like I do. Lucky is me it? is my favorite Jay Z track. Oh, a fellow Volume One aficionado. Are you? Are you like me? Volume One underrated, right? Yeah, Lucky Me is my favorite Jay Z track because you know it, it basically you know it describes everything you go through. People seeing the streets, pretending to be friendly. You know. I know any type of success breeds envy. You know, that's that's a crazy line. I know in the back of your mind you're conjuring ways to hem me. Be my friends in a circle pouring out henny. Jesus, heaven bound. I'm gonna receive anything I pour to the ground. Next time throw it up. That's that's you know, that that's just what's deep. But it's a lot of guys, you know, I gotta you know my favorite Drake track and Kendrick, um, J. Cole, Jesus is you know, it's I got a favorite track from almost sure. every artist, and, and in most cases, it's it's it pertains to something I went through in life. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times when when when, when Drake makes an album, it's like, hey, man, was this guy on my on my phone call or something? You know, <laughs> um, you know, guys like me. One of my favorite artists is, and you know, he don't get the recognition but recognition but if you listen to him he's and I've grew close with him for a long time been friends for a long time with him is young Chris he's in, he's incredible out of Philadelphia he's oh yeah you know yeah he's one of the best in in terms of spitting I mean he's a, he's incredible from that perspective but you know all those guys are good man um, but yeah that that that's my favorite JD track man when you think about NWA and their influence, and then you look at their their musical tree, per se, and you, t- you talk about how the Dog Pound you know, came about, how Snoop came about, how Cube, and then the Lynch Mob, Warren Mac-10. Well, well, yeah, Warren, it, it goes on and on, but then it goes out, extends out to Cleveland. You know, to Bone with, with Easy E when they when they got a, what what was that like? Because I remember yeah. when Bone came out, I thought they were like Bone. when they first. I thought they were a West Coast group. I, I didn't even know that. 
I didn't even know they had black people in Cleveland until Bone. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. But like, we don't I like real a, talk. But rich, but rich real talk. Like like for us on the coast, like we just thought like if you were making music and you weren't from New York, oh you must be from L.A. Like that we didn't understand yeah. that there was like a Are middle you? part of the country. Yeah. Are you crazy, man? Bone's incredible, man. They've been incredible. But what, what was that like when, when they came when they came out? Because when even when they said they're from Cleveland, I, I still thought it was somewhere. On the West Coast, Cleveland, California. It was, it was, it was exciting, man. It was like you know, I remember they saw us coming on the radio and shooting the videos in the hood, and you know, they from my area, so you know, 99th and St. Clair. So it was like, then you felt a part of it. You felt a, a part of the Bone Movement, and they used to do this uh, basketball tournament. Um, you know, Thug Motivation tournament in the hood that we used to win every year, by the way. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, those those boys was, was great. I still see them all the time. And, and um, just their just a delivery and the fact that they was naming things that you see, you know, East 1999, like they're they doing all. And it's like, well, I'm on my Uncle Joe is on, on East 99. So I, I'm on East 99 every day, you know, so it's like, and they named the streets 105 and St. Clair. And it was just like you just felt like you was in the group. And nobody understood understood the words but us. Like, we knew them. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and so when when Biggie and Pac did it, the, they did this. They, I think they're the only uh, group yeah. that did this. Maybe one of with few both, that huh? did a song with Biggie and Pac. And, and when Pac. they were alive, yeah. You know, that everyone hopped yeah. on the record after. But, like, they're, yeah, they're one of the, I think they might be the only Pac. While they was Pac. alive, Pac. yeah. Yeah, that was and that, that was, was back, back when you had to be in the studio to do it. You could you could record your your verse and send it in like you had well, to be there. No, well, hold on. Actually, w- w- the song with Pop, that's what they did. They they weren't they weren't in the they studio. Did with Pop. They did that. Yeah, when they did that song, but he was a, he was alive. No, that he he was alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, but that's why Biggie was so great. He Biggie Biggie actually took their delivery. That that was incredible. So that's what he said. Yep. Yep, he studied them. Yeah, that was, but yeah, but yeah, that I mean, and, that, and that, that was a big deal too because, you know, it was because a lot of times, a lot of um, when they had the crossover between a New York artist and, and like an artist from somewhere else, you know, like for instance, you think about Jay Z hopping on on the Juvenile record or whatever, like it it is more just that, like okay, this is what's hot, this hot, this is a collaboration for Biggie to come out and say, no, not only am I gonna make a track with these guys, but I'm going try to do their delivery that's a sign of respect like yo i i, I it, is. This, it is a sign of respect and it's happening now i mean the success look at the success that somebody i mean i'm so happy for somebody like cardi b is having i mean look at i mean people Nicki minaj is incredible man she by the way she i mean if you just dissect her flow and her delivery forget about it i mean it you know, and I like the the young new wave too. The you know from Uzi, Cardi, um, uh, Trippy Red. You know those 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 kids. Are, I mean they the, the the young kid that sing uh Gucci Gang record. I mean it, you know Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Yeah, yeah that, even, that and, one, and you uh, sit there. Yeah, that one. I mean, you sit there. It's like. You know, but it wears on you, and then you and then you know you got a fifteen year old daughter. It really wears on you. So yeah, but it's no, it's it's pretty cool to see 
see how things evolve because that's how it's supposed to go. And I think going back to one of the questions, I think maybe Moon had, um, you know, people can't be afraid for things to evolve. That's the biggest thing. You want to evolve in life. That's that's the whole. You know, it, you know what? Not involving in life is like being born but never turning one. I mean, it's mm. like mm. What you, you never get a birthday. Huh? <laughs> yeah, what you supposed to do? So it's like people make comments like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay the same." Well, I'm not. I'm not staying the same. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I'm not staying the same. I, I know what it's like to eat salad meat and and sardines out the can. No, I'm not doing that. Now I'm I'm going to sugarfish every chance I get. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I'm 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 trying to eat at the best restaurants I can and have and, and have a nice glass of wine and and not only evolve from that perspective, but evolve in my way of thinking. You know, that don't change who you are at the root. I mean your principles and, and the morals and what you believe in, but I'm evolving, man. Are you crazy? I'm not working as hard not to evolve. I just, you know, and I think that the more we can help our kids understand it's okay to evolve. It's okay to change. It's okay to put yourself in a better position. It's okay to think different. gems right there man it's okay to think different it's okay to, to to change man like it's 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 it is crazy how much a, a society and culture is built upon keeping people in the boxes they're in right like just yeah. stay 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 there mentally, it's, uh, mentally oppressed and 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 mentally you know they it's just it's just a lack of knowledge everything that happens it's based upon the way of thinking of somebody because there's always a different perspective. My dad used to always tell me, you know, cause I grew up on the, on a, on a block where every day was something, man. Every day, there's not a day go past that it wasn't something a minute, an hour. And my dad used to always tell me like, you know, a lot of times when things happen to you or somebody did something, it's not about you. It's about them. What, what were they going through in their life? For them to, to to make them react in such a way or commit such an act, you know, and if we can if we can help them before they get to that point, then they may not commit that act. So, so growing up, I always I always tried to be that guy. I would give a kid a shirt off my back, you know. I always made friends with with the, with the kid who had nothing in school, you know, or. They may say, I hate a bully. A bully, I hate a bully. Man. I couldn't stand a bully. I couldn't stand somebody who would just, you know, you know, just downgrade somebody every day. So I would, because I was a popular kid in school, and not that I had a ton of things, but it just looked as such. You know, my mm. mom used to always tell us, I don't care if you live in a cardboard box, it's going to be clean. So cleanliness <laughs> in, in my household, we didn't go to you know, we didn't go to sleep with dishes in the sink. And, you know, our kitchen was closed at a certain time. Even though it wasn't much in the refrigerator, she better not hear it open up. So, <laughs> you know, I, I always I always used to try to, you know, I went to a, um, a all-boys school in high school, and, and we, we had to wear a tie every day. 
but I would have the freshest kicks. I probably had, you know, when I worked at Nike, I remember telling them, like, man, I had every shoe you guys ever brought out from a signature perspective. Every Griffey, every Jordan, every Barkley, every Pippen, every Penny, all of them. Every Junior Seau, every Bruce Smith. They was looking at me, every Dion. They was looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, yeah, I got a master's in this stuff. So, <laughs> so and it, and it's and it's and it, and you can fact check this. Anybody who went to school with me, they would say he's not lying. Rich had every shoe. Every, he would wear a different shoe. Monday got a different shoe on Tuesday, Wednesday. Like I always did. That was my thing. I was and I was blessed. Even though we again we didn't have much. I don't even know how it got done. To be honest with you, so a lot of times so I start shooting shooting jumpers at the park to get my own money. But, but yeah, I would let kids wear my shoes to public school before I even wore them because I got to go to private school. So friends would come over like, man, because I wear them pennies. They brand new in the box. Yeah, man, go ahead. I've never been that, I've never been that guy. Those pennies, man. So, so, man. so let, me, let, let me ask you this. And, I, I, you know, I know it's a hot-button issue, but I feel like given uh, what's been happening in the country and, and given that also LeBron has been pretty outspoken – about the president. He said, you don't like a bully, right? And that's, that's, that's something that a lot of people have classified the president of the United States as exactly that. Um, some of the things he said, some of the actions he's done or whatever. Um, is, I know it's important for LeBron to be a, a, a vocal voice in terms of, you know, speaking out on, on those types of issues. Are, do you feel the same way or do you, do you kind of just play the back? You know, uh, and and let LeBron kind of take the lead on that. Well, you know, again, I stand food and beverage, and I'm not LeBron, John, being none of those are they, they, they the stars. You know, that's not my right. that's not my role. But but as far as my beliefs, you know, and what I, like I've never saw, I've never saw a difference between amongst race. You know, one of my closest friends out in the, in the fourth grade was a was a white kid named Dennis, and he was he used to. He could shoot like Larry Bird, man. He, had a, he used to always play. He had a crazy jumper. Like that was my guy. And, we, and I used to go to his house for lunch, and we used to warm up to hot pockets in the in the microwave with no door on it. You know what I'm saying? That was that was my man, though. You know, so I, I never grew up like, even though I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, I was able to go to certain schools. And I was I went to different schools. I went to school in this suburb in Euclid, and I went to East Cleveland schools, which was and I got bused to Thomas Jefferson, which was in the predominantly you know Hispanic and white neighborhood. But it was it was you know it wasn't you know upper class or even middle class. It was more lower class. And so, but I never I, I like there's no color line with me. You know I I I, I want equality. I want um, equal rights. You know I want you know, from a from a labor perspective, women to to be in in executive positions. You know, I have a a woman who runs my company. You know, she's the CEO of my company and does an unbelievable job, like unbelievable job, and and I'm proud of her for that. Like, and so again, you know, just some of the things that we're dealing with is never for me. We should do a much better job as a whole. The messaging should be much better. And it's not necessarily about who's right or who's who's wrong, more than it is about what's right. Let's just do what's right. And not even so much for us because it it's for pretty much the unborn. 
and 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 just newly born. You know, I think about my my youngest son all the time. Like, what the world gonna be like when he get my age? You know, that's a scary thing. If it's gonna be like it is now, and so if we have an opportunity to change it. Let's do as such. You know, um, I don't really. I'm. I don't know enough about politics to get into all the taxing and this and that. I, you know, but I do know. You know, from humanity, what's right, and and that's my thing. Like, I just want to do what's right. I have great friends, regardless of color, race, um, ethnicity. You know, what language? Their first language don't matter. Like gender don't matter. None of that stuff matters to me. So, but again, I've been through so much in my life, man, where I just try to keep things simple and enjoy it at this point. You know, I lost both my parents, which is tough, you know? And so at the end of the day, when I, when I put things in life in perspective, you know, it's, it, it comes from, it comes from the right place. No doubt. And I know you lost, you know, you know, you lost your mom last year. I remember that was a tough time for you. And, and I remember I felt bad, man. I was calling you about something, you know, NBA related. And I remember you texted me back, hey, Chris, my, my mom passed, just passed. And I was yeah. like, damn. I was like, damn. But it, it puts things like, you know, because we're, we're always in this mode of working and doing things. And we don't, we don't, sometimes we don't just think and to remember that, you know, we're all people and we all have our own issues and personal lives and people that we care about and things that we got to deal with. And so I, mean, I remember I felt bad about that. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah, it was, that was a tough time. As, in, as we all know, you only get one mom, but again, that's why I say like, you know, I enjoy the people I work with because everybody, you know, showed me a lot of support and I'm close with a lot of the moms of, of, of the players I represent and, and they, you know, they like moms. So, you know, it's, you, you, you can never live it. You can, you can never, uh, you can never, you can never live it down. You can never live it down. But um, you know, it's it, you had your ups and downs with it. But I, I was at peace with it. I, I had that was like my sister. I had a great issue with my mom. My dad passed when I was nineteen. Um, but I, I, you know, every day I just try to do what I think they would want me to do, and 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 kind of be. I'm the youngest, but I'm I'm kind of like the, the the chunk of the of the family tree at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know I, I accept that role with open arms, and and so it's it's all good. So I'm blessed, man. I, I, like I said, I, I have no complaints, man. Zero. Man, Who gonna listen anyway? If I did, huh. yeah, that's real. <laughs> that's how I, that's all I like to say. I say people say, "How you doing?" I say, "I can't." I mean, I could complain, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. You know, it could be a lot worse, man. Yeah. I press five a lot on that phone, man, and, and I got a lot of people that live through me, you know, that don't have access of freedom. And so, you know, I, again, I try to put things in perspective and keep myself as grounded as I possibly can, but, but you know, also knowing that, you know, I just got to keep pushing. Man, Rich. This has been great, man. Uh, we really appreciate you carving out. I know you're busy carving out no the talk. time to sit and talk to us and about so many different topics. I only did man. it for y'all, man. I'm telling you, I only did it for y'all because, you know, <laughs> these things, you know, you never know. And like you said, mean people have agendas. But, you know, and I understand, you know, you just can't get on here and talk about all the 
the, the married things. But, you know, I, I appreciate the position I'm in. I appreciate you guys even want me to come on. Um, obviously, we all try to help each other out at some point the best way we can, when we can. Uh, and sometimes you can't. And I think, you know, you guys do a great job of understanding that. And uh, we all got to pick our spots. But, no, nah, it was time well spent. I appreciate it, guys. And happy holidays to y'all. And um, I'm pretty sure I'll see y'all around. Same to you, fam. Happy belated yeah. birthday, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate I'm going backwards. Benjamin Button. So. <laughs> 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 uh, say, hey, tell tell one more thing real quick, man. Tell LeBron, man, when I'm next time in Cleveland, don't be kicking me out the locker room, man. You see how he did me last time, man. man <laughs> kick me out the man. locker room, man. I don't know. That was some bull, man. You know, I, that was bull, man. Listen, hey, I didn't said, see nothing. I wasn't even Rich, there. Hey, I don't know what Rich said. About. Rich said, my name's Paul, and that's between y'all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you talking about. I, I didn't see anything. <laughs> All right, be safe, fam. All right. All right.